It's Monday. It's February 1st. And the word of the day is reparations, which is a word often used to describe uh, all the money we owe the black people. But it would be racist to assume they still want it back at this right, point. So yeah. instead, we do White Guilt Month in history class <laughs> during the smallest month so as not to overdo it. Hey, hey, we could have put that extra day anywhere we gave it to the blacks. Consider yourselves <laughs> reparated. I'm no You're illusions. You're welcome. I'm Heath Enright. <laughs> and broadcasting delayed from America's far center, we are the Skeptocrats. On episode 30, the presidential election you can't believe isn't over yet gets started. Donald Trump will be scared of a girl. The feds divert some of those Jade Helm troops to Oregon for a bit. And Matt Staver warns that something called Jizya is behind the widening homosexual tax gap. I cannot wait. But first, the Roundup. In their second presidential election of January, Marshall Island residents ousted President Kasten Nemra in a vote of no confidence that came less than three weeks into his administration. That's an awfully little confidence. Pretty quick. He was replaced later in the week by Hilda Hayne, the first woman to serve as that nation's president. So the good news is that somebody's presidential election process might be more fucked up than ours. But the bad news <laughs> is that we're being beaten on social progress milestones by Micronesia now, guys. Holy fuck. <laughs> The Campbell-Ewald Advertising Agency fired CEO Jim Palmer last week after a news report published a recent email he sent inviting employees to a so-called ghetto day, what? which was to include <laughs> black people, malt liquor, drugs, and prostitutes. This should give him plenty of free time to focus exclusively on running Donald Trump's campaign. <laughs> I mean, you just take out the name and it sounds like a great time, you know? <laughs> And in Planet Nine from Outer Space News tonight, I know that you've already heard about the possible ninth planet thing, but I was dying to use the Ed Wood joke, so there you go. <laughs> Got that one out of my Check. system. In sports cheating that does not involve Bill Belichick news, <laughs> according to a recent report from BBC BuzzFeed, an investigation into suspicious betting patterns on professional tennis matches indicates a decent amount of match fixing may have occurred in recent years. It's either that or the owners of some untraceable Russian bank accounts were magical tennis oracles. It's one or the other. I bet nobody accuses Bilicek of underinflating the ball. I bet they say he did it just <laughs> right in this AFC championship game. Facebook announced a new policy that would ban private person-to-person -person gun sales via their services. Many advocates for more restrictive gun laws applauded the move, while the rest of us were still sitting there saying... Holy fuck, you could buy guns on Facebook? I was not aware of that. The fuck is wrong with this country? In spite news. I love this story. As a protest against annoying censorship programs, filmmaker Charlie Lynn submitted a 10-hour documentary <laughs> to the British Board of Film Classification just to make them watch it. <laughs> the title was Paint Drying. But not to be rattled, the board described it as, quote, a film showing paint drying on a wall. It contains no material likely to offend or harm, end quote. It was rated appropriate for ages four and up and also the God Awful Movies podcast. Yeah. <laughs> we'll have a Patreon goal. Like if you get to if you get us to this much, then we'll watch this fucking thing. It'll be better than those goddamn what would Jesus do movies. An estimated half million Italians took to the street in Rome to protest pending legislation that would extend full legal recognition to same sex marriages. While the hmm. Italian government is stopping short of letting the gay people use the M word, they are giving civil unions all the same rights and privileges. So for the record, yes, the bigots would still be equally pissed if we just called it something else. <laughs> 
Ivory Coast ex-president Laurent Bagbo pleaded not guilty to charges of crimes against humanity and recently began his trial. Apparently, some people plead not guilty to that. And he's very adamant that he did not carry out an elaborate campaign of murder, rape, and persecution. Oh, that was some other guy. It must have been somebody <laughs> else. Mistaken identity. If he manages to beat that, you know, trumped-up holocausting rap, <laughs> I think he's got a family sitcom in his future. So we'll need 30 seconds on the clock. Oh, wrong show, wrong show. My bad, wrong show. Donald Trump managed to tick Belgians off of the increasingly short list of people he hasn't directly insulted in his 2016 bid for the White House. Residents of Brussels responded with outrage after he described their city as a hellhole. Americans sought to allay their concerns by pointing out that that's the nicest thing he's ever said about anywhere. <laughs> it's like a common Yelp review from this guy. And finally tonight, according to Sweden, Syria can't crash on their couch anymore. <laughs> the, also, they need to stop eating all the peanut butter. Right. And bring yeah. a drink if they're going to be thirsty. <laughs> Especially, I mean, or don't eat the peanut butter and you won't be fucking <laughs> thirsty. And despite that, the ongoing effort to fill the Mediterranean Sea with enough dead Syrians for the rest of the refugees to just walk over to Greece continues. And of course, we'll have more of this week's top stories coming up in headlines. But first, a quick break for the Duo Tribe. Well, the 1,182-day pregame show is finally over, and as of today, the 2016 presidential election is officially underway. Hell yeah. After three full years of media speculation, a dozen primary debates, and over $400 million in campaign donations, we've finally reached the part where people actually start casting ballots. <laughs> And now here we are, a mere 40 weeks in a day from knowing who our next president will be. That's right, because tonight the state of Iowa will be holding their caucuses, the first actual contest that actually counts in the presidential electoral process. Now, this is probably going to come as something of a surprise to some of our international listeners who might be wondering how our news can be about nothing other than who's in the lead of a race that hasn't started yet. <laughs> in other words... What the fuck have we been doing up until now? It's a decent question. And the answer, of course, is electorbation. Exactly. With apologies for the penis-centric nature of the analogy, the whole election process can be seen as a single masturbatory session. And this is the part where you're just trying to stiffen up a bit, but your dick isn't even all the way out yet. Right, yeah. You haven't even picked out the porn site you're going to use, let alone which video, right. genre, all that stuff. You could even get a phone call from your mom right now, and it's not too late to answer. <laughs> But You're tonight, awkward, but... we whip out our national cocks and cross over to the point of no return. And as we move further and further into the election cycle, our focus will grow ever more singular with every primary stroke. By the end of July, we'll be so fully lubed up that even a rising blister couldn't slow us down. And then in November, we finally achieve the frenzied climax of election night, only to glance up at the monitor as the orgasm endorphins fade away and say to ourselves, is that really what I've been beaten off to this whole time? Exactly. The candidate mattered so damn much only a moment before, but then all of a sudden, get out that last creepy spasm, and now you're just watching <laughs> shitty acting and wildly improbable fantasies and unrealistic promises that'll never pan out in real life. And it's depressingly obvious all of a sudden. And also, the whole thing was full of a bunch of dicks that made you feel inadequate. But we're not there yet. <laughs> we're just opening that incognito window. And... In keeping with the analogy, the Iowa caucuses is kind of like the first video that we click on. Odds are, in the grand scheme of the masturbation, it's not going to matter much. <laughs> well, even more than that, really. It's, it's more like you're trying some new fetish site that a buddy told you about 
knowing full well that you might ultimately regret it. Right. Because if we're calling the primaries porn videos, the Iowa caucuses are the serious deep web shit. Right, yeah, puzzleinathunderstorm.com <laughs> kind of stuff. So quick uh, civics refresher here. Since 1972, the Iowa caucuses have been the first major electoral event of the presidential nominating process, a position that they guard with impetuosity and cyborg land sharks. Of course, <laughs> Iowa is also one of the 11 states that uses a caucus in lieu of an intelligence system with ballots and stuff. <laughs> right. Iowans don't vote, they caucus, Yep, which differs from sanity in a couple of crucial ways. Most importantly, they're absolutely nothing like how we decide things in a democracy. Right, yeah. They take a lot more time, they're less inclusive, they're less convenient, and there's no secret ballot. Well, and they're also a lot easier for an unrepresentative group of highly motivated supporters to manipulate the shit out of, which is easy to see when you glance back over the last couple of GOP winners. <laughs> yeah. 2012's winner was Rick Santorum, mm. and it was Mike Huckabee in 2008. So not only did the winner in Iowa go on to not win the nomination, they were both officially demoted to punchlines within two months of the caucus. Right, and, and, and compare that to the next contest in line, the, the New Hampshire primary, where, sure, the, the person who wins there doesn't always go on to win the nomination, but they're in the top two generally. You know, nobody <laughs> right. ever won that one and then placed 23rd when the dust settled. It's always been won by a viable candidate, at least. Yeah. And of course, on top of that, you got the fact that at least two clinically insane people are still polling in the GOP's top four. <laughs> at least, yeah. So no idea how it's going to end or how long it'll stay interesting. But uh yeah, I'm looping up regardless. Exactly. The Iowa caucuses are fractured, unrepresentative, anachronistic, easily corruptible, insanely fucked up, blown out of proportion, and ultimately meaningless which makes them the perfect way to kick off the 2016 presidential election. So, happy caulking, Iowans. Joining me for headlines tonight is fellow skeptic rat and dedicated scholar of Christian cinema, No Illusions. Noah, before we start, quick question. Now that it's Oscar season, mm -hmm. who's your pick this year? Well, what do you like? Uh, War Room got snubbed because of the whole black thing. I thought it was a shoe-in for the best full-grown adult competitively jump-roping-against-nine-year-olds girls category. I was surprised that it didn't at least get that. It's a competitive category, ones. though. Yeah, right, right. So I guess I'm going to go with Spotlight, but only because War Room was religious, too, and it also felt like getting ass-raped by a priest. So I'm staying true All to my right. first pick. So before we get to our first headline, let's check in with Twitter because they're a uh, good, legitimate news source for important issues. Oh, of course, yeah. Trending this week was hashtag... Kanye anal playlist. <laughs> There's one of those important issues Kanye right there. Anal playlist. Would you like to play or pass? Well, when it comes to Kanye and anal play, I only have one answer. I'll pass. So. <laughs> All right, good. Uh, I'm gonna pass too, because uh, honestly, I, I don't even really understand the game. I mean, <laughs> are we just supposed to like assify his songs? I think or, so. Or is it the music you'd you'd want to hear during butt sex with Kanye? It <laughs> doesn't matter. Let's go straight to this week's random stranger winner, which was at Miracle of Sound, who also didn't really get the game. He had Tony the Tiger is blocking furries. People are saying the earth is flat and Kanye anal playlist is the top trend. What a time to be alive. <laughs> so good social commentary from at Miracle of Sound. Yeah, yeah, you add that and some centaur locusts and you've got a Christian <laughs> apocalypse right there. In our lead story tonight, the GOP had presidential debate number seven, seven. in Des Moines, Iowa, on Thursday. 
leading into the state's all-important caucus this week. Unfortunately, we don't have deep sleeper candidate Eli Bosnick for an extended analysis this time around, but I think the event still deserves a quick wrap-up. Sure, so here's a few highlights of the evening, starting with the most obvious one, Donald Trump wasn't there. Always a highlight. He actually uh, boycotted because Megyn Kelly was moderating and... Uh, Yes, she was going to sass him again. It's a big problem for him. <laughs> well, 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 I mean, if you want to be cynical, you might say that he was boycotting because he's got absolutely nothing to gain from doing this debate and plenty to lose. So <laughs> if you assume that he made this move because he's a raging misogynist throwing a temper tantrum, you're actually giving him the benefit of the doubt. <laughs> That's true. So uh, instead of attending the debate, uh, Trump decided to host an event for military veterans right down the street on the same night. For spite mm -hmm. and yeah. for the veterans, but well, mostly right. for spite. Mostly. So the show went on without the Donald, although he did manage to remain a major topic throughout the night without even showing up. It started with Megyn Kelly's remark that Trump was, quote, the elephant not in the room, end quote, Cha -ching. <laughs> which was excellent. That's pretty good. Megyn Kelly doing wordplay is better than porn to me. Depends but on the porn. From there, much of the debate devolved into another Donald Trump roast, except instead of professional comedians on the dais, it was Ted Cruz, Marco <laughs> Rubio, Chris Christie, Ben Carson, Jeb Bush, John Kasich, and Rand Paul. And Rand Paul was back. That yeah, was exciting. Yeah, he was real happy about the Donald not showing <laughs> up. And by the way, you got exactly the kind of high comedy and biting wit that you would expect from the <laughs> aforementioned group there. Yes, you did. And uh, I think my favorite roaster was... Ted Cruz, who broke out his very best Trump impression, <laughs> so quote, bad. I'm a maniac and everyone on this stage is stupid, fat and ugly. And Ben, you're a terrible surgeon. Now that we've gotten the Donald Trump portion out of the way, oh, pause for eruption of laughter, end quote. <laughs> well, and that's a real thing that really happened, by the way, in yes. case you didn't see the highlights. I just want to point that out because I want everybody to know that if you were making fun of Ted Cruz making fun of Donald Trump, you'd have come up with something better than that. I mean, accidentally. <laughs> or you'd find it in your alphabet soup, something. But yes, right. that was actually his joke, and it killed. Yeah, right. Crushed it like Mike the Situation Sorrentino <laughs> roasting Donald Trump. So uh, yeah, Cruz was also involved in possibly my favorite exchange of the evening when he started arguing with co-moderator Chris Wallace about the rules of... Sacred name invocation, which they seem to have adopted for all these debates. Wallace asked Chris Christie a question that mentioned Ted Cruz's Senate voting record. And when Christie finished with his answer, Cruz tried to jump in on that technicality that yeah, he was mentioned. I was invoked. Yeah, yeah, right. At which point Wallace had to explain to him that the moderator isn't one of the candidates. <laughs> so... I'm allowed to say whatever the fuck I want, and uh, there won't be any magical consequences, so... Well, and his, it, because he was doing that all night, and it was so ridiculous because it was a Fox News debate. <laughs> right. I mean, like, basically, they would ask Ted Cruz, what's your perfect Sunday? And then he would take umbrage with it. Well, that's exactly <laughs> the kind of attacks and gotcha questions from the media that keep the terrorists strong. <laughs> For fuck, I've seen more antagonistic questions from a Jeopardy contestant running the category. <laughs> And uh, one other moment worth noting, um, based on the audience reaction to Chris Christie's remarks on budget priorities, <laughs> um, Iowa Republicans think women's health clinics are about to cause an apocalypse. You didn't know that already. And uh, also, these people don't seem to understand uh, adding and subtracting numbers very well. You didn't know that already. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> so uh, 
Christie was asked about his plan for spending cuts that could balance the federal budget. And he explained that the single most important piece of his policy agenda on that will be defunding Planned Parenthood. And just for reference, they represent about a percent of a percent of the federal budget. <laughs> right. Yeah. Nonetheless, huge applause. Well, I mean, but you, but you as a liberal are not counting all the taxes that we would collect from those dead babies if they grew up. <laughs> now, that being said, I'm sure he wants to lower the tax on murdered pre-babies too, so it wouldn't account for much in the in the end anyway. It's a wash, yeah. <laughs> and then uh, at that point, by the way, host Brett Bear, clearly realizing just how stupid that answer was, tried to give Christie another chance and asked uh, anything bigger than a fucking percent of a percent. <laughs> to which Christie responded, "Quote: When you see thousands upon thousands of children being murdered in the womb." I can't think of anything better than that. <laughs> That's what he said. Exact words. So, uh, uh, two things. First of all, I can think of so many things that are better than seeing thousands upon thousands of children being murdered. In the womb, out of the womb, whatever. But even if you assume he meant to say, I can't think of anything bigger than that. That's probably what he um, meant, yeah. A fetus is literally one of the smallest things you can murder. I mean, if you made a pile of murder victims, that would be the smallest, just tidiest way to do it. Smallest way to build it up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so anyway, bottom line, the GOP field continues to be absolutely ridiculous with Donald Trump and Ted Cruz continuing mm -hmm. to lead in the polls. Where the fuck are we? America. <laughs> and in Oregon fail news tonight, the accidental dildo collection drive in that birding station in southeast Oregon <laughs> drew to a bloody pretty much close this week when the FBI moved in to arrest a resolute redneck militia that had been occupying an unguarded wildlife station since the beginning of the month. Yeah, and uh, it wasn't bloody because of the dildos. <laughs> As it turned not. out. <laughs> not that we saw, anyway. Not that we saw. <laughs> After four weeks of failing to fully articulate any demands other than stop sending us bags of dicks... <laughs> The FBI sprung a trap on the protest leaders on Tuesday while they were en route to a nearby meeting. Among the seven people arrested in the operation, by the way, was Hillbillion-Chief Ammon Bundy. Right. And uh, I, I don't understand the thinking from these guys. Me I mean, either, as it turns what, out. I, what's the harm in having bags of dicks? Like, <laughs> How can that well, go yeah, wrong? Why not just let, keep, keep letting those roll in? Whatever. Right. I, it makes for a fun FBI press photo of all the guns and dicks they seized from the rebels yeah. at the end of the thing. There are so many right ways to respond to a bag of dicks, and yet they found a wrong one. <laughs> now, from a standpoint of pure self-interest here, I am very disappointed by this news. I mean, we're talking about a bunch of rednecks who think conservation cameras are secret FBI <laughs> bugs, who didn't exactly. think to bring their own snacks, and who didn't realize that uploading a video temper tantrum over the dildo <laughs> thing was going to exacerbate the problem. Take us seriously. <laughs> no more dicks. <laughs> I'm so sad to see him go. But, of course, as an empathic humanoid, I am happy to see that law enforcement was able to defuse the situation with kind of a minimal uh, amount of bloodshed and without the big shootout that they wanted. Right, of course. Yeah, that, that was good work by the police. Although I certainly would have enjoyed watching them start like firing penis cannons when they ran out of ammunition. <laughs> you know, stand -off, but Little gummies hitting everybody. I knew nobody would be killed, yeah, by um, the penis cannons. Now, at the time of this recording, four of the Keystone insurrectionists are still holding out, <laughs> but in the wake of the arrest, most of the self-anointed patriots fucked off and went home. Included among the holdouts was 47-year-old Sean Anderson, who explained, quote, I'm hoping for a miracle, end quote. But when asked if that miracle included the United States federal government voluntarily disbanding or withdrawing from Oregon, uh, he responded, quote, look, 
it's not every day that me and the wife get a wooded cabin and a couple of dozen brand new dildos to play with. We'll be out when we're done. End quote. Come out with your glands up. All right. So with more on this story, we turn to roving reporter Lucinda Lusions, who is live in nearby Burns, Oregon. Lucinda, what's the latest? Sorry, Heath. I think you mispronounced the place name there. Oh, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, my notes said you were in Burns. Yeah, those notes must be out of date. So you had to follow the story elsewhere? No, I didn't move. It's just not called Burns anymore. Really? What? What's it called now? Lucinda Stan, baby. <laughs> yeah. It's not what it says on Google Maps. Is oh, that oh, official? Fuck, fuck Google Maps. They're all part of the Zionist conspiracy to starve my cattle and snatch <laughs> up my land. Yeah. I don't think you have cattle or Exactly. Land. Not one single head of cattle remains because of the oppressive nanny state. You never had cattle. I had a burger. That's different. Uh, work with me here, bro. <laughs> okay. So um, what can you tell me about Lucinda Stan? Our nation's capital is located at room 27 of the Days Inn on West Monroe. Uh, that's where I'm holding my armed occupation, by the way. Armed? Like you brought guns to the oh, no. nunchucks. Days Inn? Nunchucks. Lots of them. Why would you need more than one chuck? You have to be ready for anything, which is why I also brought my own snacks. I guess that does make you one of the leading occupiers in the state in terms of good preparation anyway. You bet it does. But – um. Setting aside the cattle for a moment, why are you doing this? Look, Heath, I've been out here long enough to know how it works. If you say that you're leading an armed occupation, a bunch of armed white guys show up to join you. Mm -hmm. And I'll be honest here. This day's in is in kind of a shitty neighborhood, so I'm just looking out for my rental car here. <laughs> is, it, is that the only reason you're doing this, though? The, the car? Well, well, as I understand it, standoffs like this also come with free vibrators. <laughs> and I'm really looking forward to that. Thank you, Lucinda. And in Georgia on my thinking leg news tonight, Georgia Republican lawmaker, part-time KKK apologist, and the rejected pedophile uncle character from Mario Kart, a lot of people don't know that, <laughs> Tommy Benton, thinks it's a high about time the country gets over this Confederacy spark at a war thing that led directly to more than half of all the battle deaths in the United States 240-year history. Not a big deal. And start showing those armed slavery apologists some respect. <laughs> he has even introduced legislation to that effect. Really? Really? Because Confederate apologists aren't being properly honored? Exactly. Yeah, right. You just have to go to the nearest black neighborhood and walk around door to door like Megan's Law. Are you <laughs> kidding me? <laughs> being so nice to them oh, that they don't I have to do that. I want that law so bad. If successful, Benton's suite of laws would make Confederate Memorial Day and Robert E. Lee's birthday official state holidays, restore the names of roads that once honored the Confederacy, and change the state constitution so that nobody can build black people monuments in Confederate parks. Uh, seriously, this this last bit comes in response to a proposal to build a Martin Luther King Jr. memorial in Stone Mountain State Park, which was originally designed to honor people who died to keep MLK from being allowed to piss without permission. What if we just make the legs and midsection of the MLK statue? Right, Like, right. like the bottom three-fifths. <laughs> Compromise. <laughs> make the bottom. <laughs> So like all people who genuinely aren't racist, Benton has to constantly assure people that he's not racist, but rather he's simply tired of what he calls cultural terrorism, which is, I guess, designed to make it look like going to war against your government so that you can own black people is a bad thing. In response to the proposed MLK memorial, he explained, quote, 
I refer to that more as cultural terrorism than anything. They're attacking us for no reason at all. <laughs> We've not done anything to provoke them or anything else. Can't think End of a quote. single thing associated with the Confederacy that would Nor provoke black people. Can I? And in Gamora Money, Gamora Problems news tonight. According to Kim Davis's homophobic attorney, Matt Staver, the gays managed to impose a heterosexuality tax on America right under our noses. Oh, I was hoping it wouldn't be under yeah. the nose. <laughs> Apparently, they took a page out of the Muslim playbook for this one and created a sodomite version of something called the Jizya tax or a fee charged to non-Muslims. And <laughs> yes, that's really what it's called. <laughs> Jizya. Yep. Which is why Noah sent me a link with the caption, Mountain of Sperm Jokes, when he found this story. Yep. <laughs> because mountains of sperm are also funny. Just like that. Line. Well, and I also thought it would offset that mountain of fetuses joke from earlier. So we're doing <laughs> like a miracle of life file? mountain like they... range now. You know, they go side by side. It's like a theme. Today's show is brought to you by Mountains of Prehumans. <laughs> so we're going to do eggs next. So uh, here's the statement from Matt Staver during a recent radio appearance. Quote, deep in the Islamic tradition is jizya. Real Great deep. start. Real deep. A tax which forces non-Muslims to pay an exorbitant fee for living within a Muslim state. Mm -hmm. End quote. Then he went on to complain about Christian businesses being sued for refusing gay customers, claiming, quote, <sighs> These fees and fines are, in essence, a tax on Christians who are living out their faith. In America, we should not fear paying a tax or fee to Muslims, nor to homosexuals, just because our faith is different from theirs. End quote. Well, I accidentally agree with him. I because, <laughs> yes, in America, one should definitely not fear paying taxes to Muslims or homosexuals. Not even gay Muslims have to do that. Are you fucking kidding me? Right. There's all the things that you could fear. That's like the one that should be at the bottom. Yes. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Much in the same way abolitionists managed to impose a jizya tax on plantation owners. Gay people are taxing Christians. Right. Now. Yes. But uh, now that Matt Staver is onto them. I'm thinking the sodomites might as well go out and set up a government body to handle collecting the big jizya take, which creates a whole new sector of the economy. Of course, yeah. Of course, that's going to require some good marketing to help the jizya stick. You got to make it and stick. That's why we're here. And if there's one thing we have in abundance here at the Skeptocrat, it's a ready supply of gay accountants just sitting around <laughs> waiting for instructions. So we put a team of them to the task of coming up with our top five promotional slogans for the gay jizya taxation industry. Yes, we did. At number five, the brown IRS. If it's jizya you want, it's jizya you get. And we'll collect it hand over fist. See, that's why they've been working so hard to associate IRS with getting fucked in the ass for all these years. They've or been fisted. preparing us for the transition. <laughs> right. At number four, the hetero tax. All the jizya can eat into the legal costs of prosecuting Christian bakeries. Oh, there you go. All the jizz you can eat into you know, the legal costs. I, I, I can't. I, there's something about a guy complaining that he's not allowed to mold decorative sugar flowers in a heterosexual way that never clicked <laughs> with me. I don't. Doesn't seem legitimate to me. At number three, H and R Cockblock, the master rebaters. <laughs> yes, right. Sodomize those deductions. They're a bit pricier than Jacks off Hewitt, but they're more reliable. <laughs> it's about the reliability. You can count on them. At number two. The sodomy promotion tax. Always in arrear. <laughs> always in arrear. It's, it's always a, that's a, that's a very smart butt sex joke, by the way. Well done. That might yeah. be one of our smartest we butt got sex some jokes. Clever gay accountant writers over here. <laughs> and at number one, 
all the jizz you can eat. Breakfast with Kim Davis. I, I think those think. guys are underestimating how much jizz I can eat. But I, I guess we can roll with that yeah. one. We can roll with that. It always devolves into some porn from Matt Staver's shelf. <laughs> and that's going to do it for episode 30. Thanks to No Illusions. You're welcome. Thanks to Lucinda Illusions. And thanks to all the listeners that liked us on Facebook, followed us on Twitter, and sent us feedback on the other various internets. Please keep doing that. Please keep listening. And please keep telling your friends. And if you find the naive stupidity of our giving away a free show business model to be oddly charming, please feel free to send us gifts of money at our donation page at patreon.com slash skeptocrat. Just like David, Christopher, Marcus, Liam, Donovan, and Nicholas, whose genitals have so much gravitas that Alex Trebek only uses the question form when he talks to their penises. And whether or not you're feeling financially benevolent like those fine people, if you enjoyed our brand of whimsy and you'd like to hear more dick jokes free of charge, check out our podcast award-winning sister show, The Scathing Atheist, available on iTunes, Stitcher, or directly from scathingatheist.com. We just have one last thing. Let's compliment that penist. Special thanks to Ryan Slotnick of Evil Giraffes on Mars. He is the creator of the virtuosic musical stylings you heard today, which were used with his permission. You should definitely check him out using the links we'll provide or by searching for the only band called Evil Giraffes on Mars. Until next time, catchphrase sign-off. In their second presidential election. No, I don't want to. I don't need, I don't need the beeps. Right? I don't even know what I said in Morse code. That could be, uh, be quite offensive for all I know. Hey, fuck you. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dot, 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 dash, motherfucker. Whoa. Whoa. Slow it down. Slow it down. I didn't mean that bit about your mom.